Welcome to Beyond Words, a space where experts and changemakers in the literacy and education sector discuss the latest news, trends, triumphs and challenges in creating a literate world. Hello, I'm Caroline Berkey, and today we are so excited to welcome an incredible and inspiring woman, Noella Casares Masunka. She is a model and a philanthropist, a leading voice for the power of girls' education, and an ambassador for the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria. Noella was born in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and was forced to leave her home at five years old and endured a tough childhood in Belgium. When Noella finally returned to her hometown after 13 years, the lack of education and opportunities for girls and women shocked her. Noella founded Malaika in 2007 to empower Congolese girls and their communities and offer opportunities through education. This grassroots nonprofit has grown into an all-encompassing ecosystem, impacting thousands of lives each year in the village of Kalabuka in the Democratic Republic of the Congo by offering electricity, clean water and educational facilities. We can truly say that Noella and all the work through Malaika is helping to create the next generation of change makers by empowering girls within their communities. Welcome Noella and thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really looking forward for uh, for our conversation. And so, hi everyone that's listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> so I know um, you had a really tough childhood and it may be difficult for you to speak about this, but I wondered if we could start from the beginning and how your personal experience inspired you to found Malaika in 2007 and how it inspired you to have the courage to take action to empower young girls in your home country. I was born in Congo. My father died when I was five and my mom didn't have the education to be able to support me on her own. She sent me away to live with relative and receive an education. She sacrificed so much so that I could have more opportunity. It was very tough to not growing up with a mom and a dad. When I returned to Congo again, I was 18, so I haven't seen her for 13 years. I was the only child. During my visit, I met many girls whose story could have been mine. After talking with them, I decided that one day that I wanted to do something to provide them with opportunities, an opportunity to learn and to be empowered, to expect the best from their lives. I became a model after finishing my business management degree and some friend entered me for a competition mm -hmm. with Agent Provocateur and, uh, and I was one of the winners. I did a campaign and my career really grew up grew from there, from London to New York. Mm -hmm. I realized I had a platform for which I could influence others and really raise awareness of girls' education and in time start my, my own foundation. Wow. And during that time when you were, you know, creating Malaika in your own mind, you know, who was your support network? Who was, who was there for that journey at the beginning when you thought of creating something um, before you even knew how incredible it was going to be. <laughs> how incredible, how many challenges we will have, how many <laughs> success stories, but then so much work. <laughs> you know, Malaika has always been in my mind and in my, in my heart. I, I, I draft so many piece of paper how I wanted the foundation to be, what kind of program, everything was on piece of paper. And it's, it's amazing. Now it's nearly four, it's 14 years. Next year is a big 15 years. And it's just incredible how we grow. But we grow because everything that we're doing is community driven. We grow because 
the, 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 the team is the team is amazing and we are mostly uh, all the international team is nearly most of them um, we are all volunteers so that's that's really that's really a passionate team but it's not easy to work in africa and even not work working in congo is very 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 tough mm -hmm. but we we just keep pushing and uh, believe in what we're doing and seeing uh, the girls the students the community growing and and we completely develop and change and transform the village that's what keeps us going and what is your role within Malaika and your approach as a leader? Uh, you know, Malaika was founded um, in 2007 and now comprises a primary and secondary school that provide free holistic education to 400 girls. We started only with 104 girls mm -hmm. and every year we were opening one more, um, one more classroom. I'm Malaika CEO and, and I really lead entirely uh, in a voluntarily in voluntary way, my, in my role, Malaika. But uh, you need to be very organized because, you know, I still do my modeling. I have Malaika, I have my two kids, I have my dog, I have some, I speak to some conference, I, I, I consult for some companies. So I do so many things, but I, I learned with time that you have to say no and you really have to prioritize what you have to do. And the priority number one in my life is my two children. Mm and my husband and Malaika. So that's really my focus. And the rest I try to fit when I can, but um, I have a lot of drive. I'm, I've been always all my life a work alcoholic mm -hmm. and I just try to, 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 to really, and I think as a leader, you really have to, to delegate. Mm -hmm. And I learned with time to delegate, to really, to really, really make the team really in everything that I'm doing and we're doing, and they are great support. And um, over the last 14 years, we have added more programs that are community driven, so we can empower the whole community of Kalibuka and uh, the rural village where Malaika is based. There was hardly no infrastructure in Kalibuka when we start, no electricity, running water. So in order to address the holistic needs of the community, we have developed other programs along the way. We partly partnership with FIFA. We have added a community center that offer education and sport program to over 5,000 youth and adults. And this year we're launching a program of technical classes. Uh, that's going um, to be really great because 90% of the youth in the village don't have any, any job or skills. So that's going to be something that's going to be completely, trans completely impacting the village. We have built and refurbished 21 wells so that 30,000 to local have access to clean water and have a sustainable agriculture program that helps feed students and staff with two nutritious meals a day. You know, our students maybe have two or three meals a week. So it was very important that we make the nutrition program at the school very, um, very strong yeah. for their well-being. Malaika is a, over the years is a community-driven ecosystem that can be duplicated in any context around the world. And this year we're launching our Malaika toolkit. It means that um, it will be like a guideline and an inspiration guideline, how you can duplicate the Malaika model in any context in the world, either if it's the school, the community center, the agriculture, or the water sanitation program, or if you want really to duplicate all the programs that we have. It's so clear that giving back has always been so important to you. And 
the Malaika toolkit is yet another step of expanding your philosophy to give back to your community. You've given back to your community through Malaika, and now you're setting up this toolkit that can be replicated in these other communities where there's a real need to provide children and young people with the foundation that they need to be able to thrive, their education, their health, their well-being. Could you tell us more about this? Yes, giving back has always been important at every level for me, giving back to my mother, giving back to my family, and giving back to, to my country and my continent. And, um, and I teach my kids, my own kids, to give back, not only in Congo where we are doing things, but here in England too. And every summer they come with me for six weeks in the Congo, in the village, and, and they choose uh, small programs that they want to help. It's just beautiful to see them growing as young philanthropists. Yeah, that's, that's remarkable. And um, the last two years have obviously been a very difficult time for many people. And I was wondering how the pandemic affected Malaika and, and the work and your team um, and the children in the schools and um, how, that, how that's been for you and your team. Yeah, it's been so, so, so tough. Uh, the pandemic was immensely challenging for the community and for us as an organization, for me doing homeschool at home with my kids. <laughs> but Africans are resilient and I've been through many situations like this, from Ebola, economical war, all the malaria and, and, and everything that I've been enduring all these years. So the, the community was able to rally and really keep going. We had to close the school a few times and it's hard to express what's meant for our um, students in such difficult context. You know, our school provides two of their meals per day. It's safe and nurturing and we monitor the health. Not having access to school has a significant impact on, on their well-being. Mm -hmm. Sadly, we lost three girls from preventable illness, Leah, Noela, and Estehani. And it was very, very painful. For me, it was hard to fundraise with our team at this time with um, to fundraise with the COVID-19, we saw 50% of donation going completely down, but on the top to lose some girls, that was even more harder. It was very emotional time. One of my, in the 14 years I set up Malaika, it was one of the toughest time that, um, that, we, that I have. And um, the pandemic had other effects on the community, such as food price going up and jobs being lost. Mm -hmm. We we fundraise and provide more um, more than um, nine thousand people with food. It was wonderful to see the skill we have taught people and our students supporting the community through this crisis. Our STEM students created over two thousand five hundred face shields with our 3D printer, and we distributed them um, to local hospitals. Our ladies who learned sewing made hundreds of masks, thousand actually. Uh, we used a well as a base to teach hygiene. A plan for post-COVID recovery has been to work hard to ensure every student returned to school. After previous pandemic, many girls have not returned to finish their education, and we are determined to ensure that they 
they don't in this case. So 98% of our girls came back at school, but it's a big problem for a lot of countries in the world. More than 10 million of girls are not going back to school because they got married, they got pregnant, they're helping for the cause at home. And we really have to make sure that our government, our policies, um, really pushing and put a system that girls going back to school. As a more long-term solution, we just want to keep working to ensure girls are educated, the pandemic can set development back due to social and economical pressures that puts on society. But we know that education and educating girls is only going to strengthen society in many ways. So we keep working to see Malaika duplicates elsewhere and more awareness raised about um, about girls' education. And we see that uh, in countries that are not so developed, we need to really have strong infrastructure uh, in terms of, uh, of technology and internet access. It was not possible to do the homeschool because they don't have electricity in the home, they don't have internet, they don't have computers. So we had to give a few times a week the home pa- homeschool package. Mm-hmm. And a few days later, we were taking back the school pa- the, the homeschool and uh, that was very challenging. It was a big organization. It was to make sure that we can keep all our staff and keep paying them yeah. in this pandemic. And uh, that was a hard thing, but uh, I'm happy we, we were able to do that. You had a particular story, someone, a child, a young person who really stands out, whereby combining literacy education and health support offered by Malaika really was a key to overcoming a tough environment for them or or the story that kind of led them to find future success? But yes, we have so many success <laughs> stories. And, you know, I see the girls coming at school at five years and now they around they are around 16 years old. So it's so beautiful to see them growing. In third year secondary student Minke Cassandra Christine, she dreams of being a doctor and building cheaper hospital to help a community access free medical treatment. The free education Mwike has received and Malaika has given her opportunities to learn and fulfill her potential. She said, I've been able to play tennis, learn computer science, speak English, and even carry out agricultural project to help out of school children. I know if I didn't have this change, I would be at home uh, or in uh, in in um, in the fields, and I see mm-hmm. I see all the girls. They want to be engineer. They want to be a journalist. They want to become uh, they become empowered through the education. They set up a small little agricultural project on their land where uh, the, the vegetable they're giving to the community or they're selling them and helping them. Helping the the, the the counterparts and it's beautiful that they have initiatives. Such a privilege to see a child grow into a, a young woman who's full of aspiration and um, can follow through with all their aspirations. Thanks to all the all the opportunities that they've had through Malaika, it must be incredible to to follow so many journeys like that. I wondered if you could speak about um, the volunteer aspect of Malaika and and. Um, the opportunities that people have if they wanted to come and volunteer with you um, and how that and how that works. Myself, I'm a volunteer at Malaika and we have great volunteers. They're giving their time, their skills. Some of them go to Congo to uh, to teach. To teach, we have a, an amazing teacher from New York. She went to volunteer for two weeks and did a strengthening all our teaching program and train our teachers and learn too from our teachers. 
As you and our listeners know, every two years, the World Literacy Foundation runs the World Literacy Summit, which you have attended in Oxford. How was the summit experience for you and how did it benefit Malaika? Um, yeah, it was a really great event, actually. And it actually, it's not far from my house because I live in Tottenham, so it was Oxford, it was like one hour. It was a beautiful event, uh, full of us. It was, a, it was really, really, really nice people and great story. People are doing amazing work, change makers, action changer. It's, it's, it, was, it was a powerful event and I cannot wait to come back to your next event. Yeah, we can't wait to have you there. Was there a particular speaker at that event that um, inspired you or gave you um, something to go away and think about that maybe could be implemented at Malaika? All the speakers were inspiring in their own way. It was just good to listen to them and what they were doing and, and how they're changing the world in, in their way. And uh, of course, you always learn. Yeah, you always learn. And uh, at Malaika, we try to not create new program. We're trying to strengthen everything that we have. It's very important because uh, it's very. I learned with time. It's very important to stick to your mission and and what you're doing. The shortlist uh, for the World Literacy Awards is actually released today, and uh, Malaika is one of the shortlisted nominees, which is incredibly exciting. How does how does that feel for Malaika? It's feel incredible, you know, um, to have recognition from you, such a, such an honor and uh, congratulations to all the, the other organization that have been short and listed. And I do think um, whatever we win or not, it's just it's just beautiful to be to be on your list. And I hope we will win, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in any case, it's good to be on the short list. And I'm looking forward uh, to, to for next week. Yeah, and it's incredibly important to use the awards and the summit as a platform for people outside of the literacy world and the education sector to to understand the importance and significance of the work that Malaika are doing and other organisations. So I know you say that if you have a voice, then you should use it. And I suppose this is another way of being able to use many voices to, to um, speak about we all have to use a voice, but um, with the pandemic, there's so many things happening in the world and Afghanistan and Haiti and everywhere in the world. So it's it's very important to, to have a voice, but it's very important to be content with yourself because if you're not content with yourself, it's going to be very hard to, to help and to give back and, and to be this voice. Yeah, definitely. So as a closing question, we know that being literate is so much more than being able to read and write, that it's all encompassing and impacts every area of our lives. So I wondered, what would a more literate world look like for you? More equality and understanding of the issue where are in the world and more people with an ability to, to create, you know, innovative solutions. Thank you. Noella, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been amazing to meet you and to hear more about your story and the incredible work that you and your team are doing. And thank I'm you really very much for, for having me. I cannot wait to hear the podcast and anything I can do. And please, everyone, follow malaika.org. And if you want to be involved, just send us an email and follow the social media too of Malaika. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. See you next time. 
Thank you for listening to Beyond Words. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also connect with us via worldliteracysummit.org. See you at the next episode. This podcast has been brought to you by the World Literacy Summit, the largest global gathering of literacy specialists.